Hello there and welcome into another edition of The Intersection with conversation highlights from the Meeting House on Faith Radio about a variety of topics, including news, information, and lifestyles approached from a Christian worldview perspective. This podcast features highlights from the 2022 National Religious Broadcasters Convention in Nashville and the Winter 2022 Christian Product Expo in Charlotte. First, from World Outreach Church in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, you'll be hearing from Alan Jackson, who provided relevant comments at NRB about applying the principles of the Apostle Paul to living in today's culture. Also, a response to the cultural influences and ideologies that are facing Christians today has become a core message of the lead singer of the Christian band Skillet, John Cooper, who at the National Religious Broadcasters Convention discussed with me the importance of standing on God's truth. And on this edition of The Intersection, comments from guests who joined me at the Winter 2022 Christian Product Expo in Charlotte. Karis Snyder has written on the topic of anxiety, offering biblically-based solutions to this pervasive issue. She also recognizes that children are encountering anxious thoughts and feelings as well, and provides some analysis and direction regarding helping children deal with these emotions. Finally, you'll hear CPE comments from Lisa Baker, who worked for seven years for a pastor named Marshall Brandon. They came from different backgrounds, but were united in their desire to do the work of the Lord. She has written about his life, and her husband Stephen has contributed a Bible study about walking in the love of Christ. Find out more ahead. This is the intersection of production of The Meeting House. I'm Bob Crittenden. Alan Jackson is senior pastor of World Outreach Church in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, and founder of Alan Jackson Ministries, and at Faith Radio Meeting House Media Central at the 2022 National Religious Broadcasters Convention, shared his insight into current events and commented on principles from his book, Lessons from Paul, a 90-day devotional book. From that conversation at NRB, here is Alan Jackson now. I find that we need a bit of encouragement. We live in a world where there's a lot of stress, and in the last few years, there's been so much disruption. We need a bit of hope. So it's a, it's a little brief devotional. It takes about two minutes to read it. We collected some that had been I had written from the Paul's letters. And they shared a note of hope and encouragement, oftentimes in the face of some difficult cultural settings. And we put them together in a little 90-day devotional, and each day has a, a page for you to do some journaling. So you can kind of keep, keep pace of what's happening in your thoughts and your spiritual life over a 90-day window. 90 days helps you build a new habit. And if your spiritual life is in a bit of a lull or you're, you've struggled to come out of the COVID season, we put the devotional together to try to give the people the momentum to put some God habits in place that would help this year be better than last year. Mm. So what are some of the, the major themes as you look over the, the broad view of these writings of Paul that you put into the devotional journal? Well, we took the simple things Paul said, like, you know, forgetting what's behind and pressing on towards what's ahead, that I, I don't imagine that I've accomplished everything I need to. We've talked a lot about vaccines for the last couple of years. And when I look at the church today, I've spent decades as a pastor. I think most Christians imagine they have a Christian vaccination. They've said the sinner's prayer, they've walked the aisle of a church, or maybe they've been baptized. So they don't really have to pay much attention to their spiritual health. And when Paul said this one thing I do, forgetting what is behind, I don't consider myself to achieve everything. I would love to say to contemporary American evangelicalism, we've got to lift our eyes to the horizon and decide to make an impact in this day. And Paul's letters, I think, give us a tremendous amount of encouragement and spiritual motivation with the biblical authority to go to be that kind of people. 
Alan Jackson joining us today here on the Meeting House on Faith Radio from Alan Jackson Ministries World Outreach Church in Middle Tennessee. Joining us here at Faith Radio Meeting House Media Central at the 2022 National Religious Broadcasters Convention in Nashville. So, Pastor Jackson, as we conclude our conversation, I want to kind of merge these two streams. We've had two parts of our conversation thus far. We were talking about what was going on in the world, and I guess you could say part two is what was going on or what is going on in the Word. In other words, what the Apostle Paul has to say. So now let's let's mash those two together. Let's talk about, let's merge them. How do we merge what's going on in the Word, the words of the Apostle Paul specifically, as you elaborate on them in this book, with what we see going on in the world today? Absolutely. Well, in Ephesians 6, Paul said, we're not wrestling in a wrestling match with flesh and blood, but with principalities and powers and spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. And I think what we're watching in our world really is not about a pandemic. It's not about a virus from Wuhan, China. And now I think the next iteration of confusion is about tanks rolling through the streets of Ukraine. I don't think it's about us standing on the brink of global war. I think underlying all of that, there's a spiritual battle raging in the earth. And what I pray that God's people awaken to is the authority that's invested in them in the name of Jesus and the authority of his shed blood. And we'll take our place. A politician isn't going to save us or a political party isn't going to save us. We desperately need a heart change. And that begins in the church. That The one organization Jesus said he was committed to building was the church. In Matthew 16, he said, I'll build my church and the hell itself won't be able to withstand it. And I want the people that are listening, your loyal friends, to understand the tremendous authority that God has invested in them. Their names may not be registered in Washington, D.C., and they may not be on the evening news, and they may not, all get, may not all get to do an interview with you on the radio or a podcast, but the King of kings and the Lord of lords and the creator of all things knows them by name, and he will listen to their prayers and the cries of their heart, and their words have a spiritual authority. If they will be the church, we'll see God move in our nation and in the earth. It's a time of tremendous hope. Alan Jackson here on The Intersection. You can find him online at Alan, A-L-L-E-N, Jackson.com. Next on this edition of The Intersection Podcast, it's John Cooper, lead singer for the Christian band Skillet. At the 2022 National Religious Broadcasters Convention in Nashville, he shared his perspective on cultural trends that are not consistent with biblical truth. He has written the book, Awake and Alive to Truth, Finding Truth in the Chaos of a Relativistic World. Here now from that conversation is John Cooper. There are people that say, you know what, if you say that, you're going to be limited to the places that you can go. And uh, and there's a part of me that, that I knew that, but it just got to a place where I just couldn't stand it anymore because you're watching the world collapse in on itself in a way that I've never seen in my lifetime. You're seeing it in the church. You're seeing it outside of the church. You're seeing it in America. You're seeing it overseas. The whole world is in a is in a a, a devolution, um, and and it's 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 chaos. And it's clear why it's going into chaos to me is and it is because, to me, the Western civilization had had so affected the world from because of the gospel of Christ and because of a worldview that believed in truth. Yeah. That now that the West, the, the West is is there our voice is diminishing. As it's diminishing, the rest of the world is looking for truth outside of Christ. And and there's a price that comes with that because anything outside of Christ will be chaos. 
So what sort of response have you received in what we might call Christian media culture or the church at large? Oh, man, everything I say, everybody loves. I never get any pushback. Okay, great. I'm, <laughs> I'm so glad to hear that. That makes me feel so much better. Yeah, no, I mean, look, I, I will say there's a huge positive response in the church, a huge positive response in Christian media, people that are very thankful and very supportive of what I'm saying. A lot of people have been saying it for a lot longer than me. And they're like, we're, we're glad to have a boots on the ground guy joining us. But there certainly is a pushback. It's getting louder, as, as you know, um, as your listeners, I'm sure, know, because the church in America is going left. That's just the way it is. It is going uh, leftwards in terms of theology. It's going leftwards in terms of political and ethical issues and these type things. As it is going, as it begins to see the Word of God um, in in a different way, then you're beginning to see some of that pushback. And I I think it's really sad. So my, my call is to come back to the foundation of the Bible. The Word of God never changes. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Yep. Come back to that. And then we can begin to have the other, the ethical discussions, the political discussions, based on the foundation of the word that never changes. There's no other foundation other than the one that has been laid in Jesus Christ. John Cooper, lead vocalist of Skillet, joining us today here on the Meeting House on Faith Radio. It's NRB 2022 in Nashville. You wrote the book Awake and Alive to Truth. And I think when I interviewed you the first time that I'd ask you what your your entry point was what were you beginning to observe that really caused you concern and you looked at it and said this isn't in line with what the scriptures have to say yeah that's right you know what's what it is when i first started doing christian music this, this will give people an idea of my naivety when i first started doing christian music i just thought everybody that says they're a christian agrees on all the real important stuff. I just, sure. so naive. I just assumed that. And I built off that philosophy for my my first 15 years. 2012, 2013 hit. And I began seeing Christians in, my, in the music industry or even Christian pastors saying the weirdest stuff. I would be like, wait, wait, what did that <laughs> pastor just say? I, and I'm thinking, I'm not a Bible theologian, but that doesn't quite sound right to me. And it took me several years to, to, to get to the bottom of oh, that's because that's because something something's wrong. So, uh, uh, to, to quote Bill and Ted's excellent adventure, something strange is afoot at the Circle K. Something weird is that <laughs> something. Wow, that's weird is now, that is a bold theological statement right that, there. That, that is a good theological. Something strange is afoot at the Circle K. There's something K. strange at the Circle K. Okay. <laughs> you kept hearing these say, and I'm thinking, wait, this is coming from preachers that, that I've trusted, and and once I got to the bottom of it, I realized, okay, they have begun to have a, a liberal view, what I would call a liberal view. It's the same thing that. Like Machem, who you wrote about and things. I'm like, okay, they they aren't seeing the Bible the same way that I see the Bible. And once you do, it's going to skew you down a certain kind of path that I would call I would say is like a mixture. It's a mixture of Christianity and, and humanism. It's the humanistic ideas of the day, whatever's popular with culture, and they mix it into Christianity and they, uh-huh. you know, they keep the spiritual parts. That's what I began seeing. And most of the time, let's just be honest, most of the time it has to do with sexual ethics. Something happens with sexual ethics that somebody doesn't like, what the Bible has to say, and they begin looking for reasons to change the word to suit what they feel on the inside. John Cooper here on The Intersection. You can find him online at johnlcooper.com. 
This is the Intersection Podcast, a weekly production of The Meeting House. You can learn more through meetinghouseonline.info or by visiting the programming section at faithradio.org. You'll find a link to the Media Center. That's where you can go to listen to or download full conversations with recent guests featured on the Intersection Podcast. You can also find links to the podcast, to the Media Center, as well as the Apple Podcast feed. Two blogs are accessible. One is The Three, with three stories of relevance to the Christian community. The other is The Front Room, with devotional thoughts and commentary from the Meeting House program. You'll also find links to video content. Plus, you can follow me on Twitter and access the Meeting House Facebook page. Again, that website address is meetinghouseonline.info, or you can visit the programming section at faithradio.org. Conversations can also be found through the Faith Radio app and a variety of podcast platforms, including Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and more. Learn more when you visit the Meeting House homepage at meetinghouseonline.info or by going to the programming section at faithradio.org. The intersection continues now with conversation highlights from the winter 2022 Christian Product Expo in Charlotte. Karis Snyder visited Faith Radio Meeting House Media Central there and shared about the background and content of her 90-day devotional books for tweens entitled Anxiety Elephants for Tween Girls and Anxiety Elephants for Tween Boys. Here now from that conversation is Karis Snyder. I recently had a, a conversation with a, a lady, and she said, what is a tween? <laughs> and I said, you know, a tween is your 8- to 12-year-olds. And she stopped me before I could say anything else. And she said, you mean to tell me this is a real problem for our 8- to 12-year-olds? And I said, yes, ma'am. It's a real problem for them. And it was just, she couldn't really say anything after that. She was processing, just yeah, trying sure. to figure out that heartbreaking thing that this younger generation, you know, that they that they really are dealing with this. And, and like you said, it's been happening, you know, before COVID, but it's really just beginning to kind of show its head, if you will. And we're seeing the effects of it on our kids. So you mentioned that your your tween girls they were tween at the That's time right. one of them has aged out of that t- time frame period is now is a teenager she is uh, you still have a tween in in your family so they ask you to to put this on their level so mm-hmm. how do you go about doing that Yes. So they asked me after the adult one to write with words they would understand. And I was like, wow, that's really a powerful statement. That's a challenge. It it was, you know, so I had to really kind of go back to that. It's written on about a 10 year old level to try to hit that eight to 12 year old range and to just go back and and not use big words, but to really simplify it and think, how can we best help kids to understand? So there's a lot of personal stories, personal examples in the book. There are um, stories, you know, sharing about how when Paul and Silas, you know, they were thrown in, in prison and how they used worship to help them during that difficult time to really try to give them good, solid examples of, of what those difficult situations look like or what that anxiety looked like so that they can relate and they could say oh yeah I share about uh, I share about failing my driver's test when I was 16 years old so talking about test anxiety how oh that's what I feel when I, when I get nervous about a test and now this is what I know to do how to respond so just those personal stories really help them to know that they're not alone that it's not just them and that they can look to God in those times of need and that they can look to their their community i know i've gone back to that several times but i think that's important for them to know that as well and you think about the 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 adult books and you have adults 
I would even say mature Christians, people that have quite a track record of spiritual formation yeah. that are dealing with these issues of anxiety and fear and depression yeah. and other mental and emotional issues. When you think about kids that may not have that degree of spiritual formation, having to deal with these things spiritually, mm -hmm. that could be somewhat of a challenge. I would imagine that you probably would have readers of these books that may not even may not even be a Christian or mm -hmm. they if they have accepted Christ at a young age probably don't have that degree of spiritual formation so how okay. can someone actually apply these principles as a child right that's really a great great way to, to state that because as you said we as adults we have that but they're mm -hmm. still developing they're still trying to figure all that out so you know there are just small practical ways for them to to develop that you know there is uh, several days in the book that talks about how you can use deep breathing and even to connect that to God how he created us by breathing his breath mm. into our lungs and to help them to make that connection and how God created them um, there is in the book talking about the power of gratitude, helping them to look at situations in life from the lens of thankfulness. And then that can help them to kind of see maybe things are not as bad as they thought to really shift that perspective. Um, there are There's even a, a fun sensory activity in there to help them understand like when anxiety feels like quicksand pulling you down, pulling you under. You, what you can do to get through that is to take small steps forward. One step at a time. Don't try to busy yourself. Don't try to go as fast as you can to push that feeling down. But to really just take your time through that process. And we used, uh, my daughter and I did it together. It was uh, water and cornstarch. And she's nine she's a tween and I noticed her attitude went from just really you know just kind of blah and and all over the place to calm as she was feeling mm. that sensory activity so there's just different things like that within the book to help them find these little one simple step a day to to shift yeah. how they're how they're thinking how they're responding and you know when that anxiety comes to not be afraid of it but to say I know what this is now I can identify it so I can pray, I can practice gratitude, I can take these deep breaths, and just to help them really find something, those practical skills. Karis Snyder here on The Intersection. Her website can be found at Karis, C-A-R-I-S, Snyder, S-N-I-D-E-R, dot com. The Intersection continues now with Lisa Lorraine Baker. She is the author of the book, Some Place to Be Somebody, God's Story in the Life of Marshall Brandon. She was joined at Faith Radio Meeting House Media Central at the Winter 2022 Christian Product Expo in Charlotte by Marshall Brandon, who is a pastor, as well as her husband, Stephen, who has written a companion Bible study for the book. Here now from that conversation are Lisa and Stephen Baker, as well as Marshall Brandon. It's really a miracle. I like to think it's, a, it's an ongoing miracle that God can do what only he can do. And really reaching a point, looking for, like many of us, looking for love in all the wrong places. I wanted to be loved. I wanted to be loved, and I didn't know how to find that love and the security I was looking for and that I had not received in my life and uh, the anger and the resentment that was inside of me. So I was really at a point of I didn't know what else to do. I just one day I, I recalled through a number of different things. don't have time to tell the whole story now, but uh, I just looked up and asked God if he was real to make himself real to me. I didn't know which direction to go. I didn't know if he was Allah. I didn't know a Buddha. I didn't know. I say I don't. I don't know God if you're even up there. But if you are, would you make yourself real to me? And God began that process 
of drawing me close to, to him and to Jesus Christ ultimately. And through a number of circumstances, I found, uh, found myself in the church um, reconciling with my wife who had left me, uh, was on her way to divorce court and uh, invited me out to church one day, and I went. And I like to say it was one day, but it didn't happen that quickly. <laughs> but the, the Word of God was being proclaimed, and the more I heard the Word of God, the more conviction I came under. And uh, the message that I want to share that really impacted me was the pastor preached on the Scripture that, Behold, today is the day of salvation. You could come as you are. Now I'm sitting there thinking, I need to clean this up. I need to get this right. If I get this right, then I, I want to become a Christian. I was under conviction. But when I heard that message, I said, you mean I could come to myself, self-talk? I could come just the way I am? Yes, just the way you are. You can come. And I responded to that message, asked Jesus Christ into my life, and I've never been the same since. God began to work, delivered me on the spot from a drug addiction. Mm. On the spot, I was delivered. And so the process of reconciliation began for me and my wife, first and foremost, which is one of the most important things. And uh, uh, we reconciled after a few months, and uh, and we're still at it. I asked her, could I come and um, stay with her so I could get on my feet? And she reluctantly agreed. And uh, I like to say, you know, that was 40-some years ago, and I'm still there. So she hasn't. She hasn't put me out yet. (laughs) And she is sitting not too far from us now and accompanying you on this journey to CPE. And I want to get Stephen to give some input into our conversation. Stephen Baker, who is the husband of Lisa Lorraine Baker, who has co-written this book with Marshall Brandon, Someplace to Be Somebody. There's also another resource, and that is a Bible study. So, Stephen, as you observed Marshall Pastor Brandon and his his ministry, and also as you saw the collaboration between Lisa and Marshall to put this book together. What are some of the biblical principles that you really wanted to bring out in in the process of crafting this Bible study? Well, first of all, I wanted to kind of focus on what's spoken of in Hebrews 12, where the Word of God is living and active. I wanted people to see how God's Word is all-sufficient for all walks of life and for all aspects, no matter the uh, various sufferings or trials that we endure, God's Word has something to say. It has a solution. So I just really wanted to capture the practicality of God's Word and how it applies. And uh, thankfully, with Marshall's testimony and his story, um, that was uh, a great example to really bring that into focus as I uh, pondered on how to make this study. Mm. So what sort of concepts just in general, as you worked out the Bible study, what are what are some of the themes that you found yourself really putting down? Some of the themes have to deal with not returning evil for evil. Um, there's a very natural tendency for us to want to get even, um, but God's Word has a lot to say about uh, restraining ourselves and glorifying Christ and showing His power over the wickedness and evil in our lives and uh, being good ambassadors and witnesses for him um, by showing love instead of returning uh, hate for hate. So that was one of the uh, primary themes that I wanted to bring out. Stephen and Lisa Baker, along with Marshall Brandon, here on The Intersection. You can learn more at Lisa Lorraine, L-O-R-A-I-N-E, Baker.com. Well, we are nearing the end of this week's edition of The Intersection Podcast, a weekly production of The Meeting House, and you can find out more through meetinghouseonline.info or by visiting the programming section at faithradio.org. 
through that homepage, you'll find a link to the Media Center where you can listen to or download full conversations with recent guests featured here on The Intersection. You can also find links to The Intersection, to the Media Center, as well as the Apple Podcast feed. And there are links to video content, including recently added content from the Winter 2022 Christian Product Expo in Charlotte. Two blogs are accessible. One is The Front Room with devotional thoughts and commentary from The Meeting House, and the other is The Three with three stories of relevance to the Christian community. And you can follow me on Twitter and access The Meeting House Facebook page. Again, the website address is meetinghouseonline.info, or you can go to the programming section at faithradio.org. Thanks for joining me for this edition of The Intersection Podcast. I'm Bob Crittenden.